It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, welcome into this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your podcast location. Really appreciate you tuning in. And this show has aired the weekend of Friday, September 16th for you here, 2022. And we do have a jam-packed podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio coming up for you here shortly. But before we get into all the interviews and everything coming up here on the program, real quickly, let's break down what happened in the weekend of racing with your racing recap here. For this edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as we take a look at all the action that took place over the weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway over in the uh, Truck Series, Ty Majeski scored his first career Truck Series win on last Thursday night, and the victory at Bristol Motor Speedway locked Majeski into the championship finals. And Majeski, in his 40th career start in the trucks, became the first driver to earn a spot in the championship deciding final four. Zane Smith was your runner-up. Parker Klingerman finishing third, Grant Enfinger in fourth, and Matt Crafton rounding out the top five. And as we mentioned, with that win, Ty Majeski will now compete for the championship at Phoenix. And here's the rest of the standings right now. Chandler Smith in second. Zane Smith is third. Stuart Friesen in fourth. John Henry Nemechek in fifth. Christian Eckes in sixth. Grant Enfinger is seventh. And Ben Rhodes rounding out the remaining eight in the championship for the truck series over the xfinity series from this past weekend noah grayson held off brandon jones over the closing laps last friday night at bristol motor speedway to win his third consecutive xfinity series race grayson won his series high sixth race of the season driving a chevrolet for junior motorsports brandon jones was your runner-up hostin hill finishing third sam mayer in fourth and riley herps rounding out the top five. And of course, that was the regular season finale. Field is set in the playoffs in the Xfinity Series. Noah Grayson is your number one ranked driver. Ty Gibbs is second. Justin Allgaier third. A.J. Allmendinger is fourth. Josh Berry fifth. Austin Hill sixth. Brandon Jones seventh. Jeremy Commence is eighth. Sam Mayer in ninth. Daniel Hemrick in 10th, Riley Herps in 11th, and Ryan Sieg rounds out the top 12. And those are your 12 drivers who will be battling now for a championship in the Xfinity Series. Over in Cup Series action from last weekend, Chris Buescher closed out a bizarre first round of NASCAR's playoff in which none of the Tauto contenders won a race by becoming the 19th win of the season with his victory last Saturday night at Bristol Motor Speedway. The second win of Bush's career marked the first time in this format of NASCAR's postseason that a playoff driver failed to win a race during a round. Eric Jones won the opener and Bubba Wallace won last week. Chase Elliott was your runner-up last Saturday night. William Byron in third, Christopher Bell in fourth, and Kyle Larson rounding out the top five. And with that race at Bristol Motor Speedway, it was a cutoff race, so four drivers will not be advancing into the playoffs. Those four drivers are Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, and Kevin Harvick. So now the field is set to 12 drivers as the points will reset as we get set for action this upcoming weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Chase Elliott is your number one ranked driver. Joey Logano is second. Ross Chastain third. Kyle Larson in fourth. William Byron is fifth. Sixth is Denny Hamlin. Christopher Bell is seventh. Ryan Blaney is eighth. Chase Briscoe is ninth. Alex Bowman in tenth. Daniel Suarez is 11th, and Austin Sendrick rounds out the top 12. We'll now move on to Texas Motor Speedway and try to battle it out for a chance at winning that championship coming up later on this season at Phoenix. So that is your uh, racing recap for this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio 
podcast. But keep it locked in. We've got some great, great interviews coming up for you this week here on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast in just moments here. Speaking of Texas Motor Speedway, we're going to be speaking with the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber. He previews this upcoming Auto Trader Eco Park 500 race weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. And then we'll also hear from Kevin Lee, pit reporter for NBC Sports coverage of the IndyCar series, as he'll give us a recap of this past 2022 racing season. And then also NASCAR insider Alan Kavana will discuss all the moves going on in NASCAR, including Kyle Busch's move to Richard Childress Racing and possibly seeing Kyle Busch run the double with the Coke 600 and the Indy 500 maybe coming up sometime down the road. So we have all that coming up for you here this week on the Southern Racing Radio Podcast. Hey, guys, this is Jansen Marshbanks, Tour and 12 driver of the Cars Tour. And you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline as he's making his first appearance here on Southern Race Week Radio after being promoted as the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Mark Faber! Mr. Faber, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. We're glad to have you on for the first time here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Thank you, Alfred, for that warm welcome and introduction. And I moved here from Las Vegas, and that brings back some memories of Michael Buffer and the Buffers when they would introduce boxing events at uh, T-Mobile Arena where I came from. So I sure appreciate that. Thank you. Well, hey, anytime you need a public address announcer, uh, my people can get with your people and we can uh, make that work. And and speaking of T-Mobile Arena, I've actually had the opportunity to go there to an iHeart Music Festival a couple of years ago. I am familiar with the T-Mobile Arena and what a beautiful facility that is as well because for many of our listeners who don't know, you came to Texas Motor Speedway after serving as Senior VP of Global Partnerships over there at, at T-Mobile Arena. And let me ask you right off the bat, sir, what made you decide to take this gig with uh, SMI and to be the new general manager at Texas Motor Speedway? You know, that's a great, uh, great question, Alfred. And for me personally, there were a lot of factors, but family is um, at the top of the list. And we have family here in the area. We were living in Dallas-Fort Worth when I joined AEG 17 years ago. So this is a homecoming for us. I'm really excited about the Speedway Motorsports Group, Marcus Smith, the Smith family, the leadership, the team here. And I was at the opening race when the Speedway opened 25, 26 years ago. I was a part of an IRL team briefly that raced here at Texas Motor Speedway. My wife and I attended the Rolling Stones concert that was here back then. And so to be um, given the honor to come back and be the general manager of this iconic facility and get with this great group of folks here and get you know closer to family was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. Now, you've been on the job here for a, a few weeks now, and there's a lot already going on at Texas Motor Speedway besides a race coming up here in the in the next couple of weeks, but you've been doing a lot of work there at Texas Motor Speedway. So for those who went to the All-Star Race, including myself, I was at Texas Motor Speedway for this year's All-Star Race. When the fans come back for the Auto Trader Eco Park Automotive 500 race weekend, the place is going to look a little bit different than it was when they came here for the All-Star Race. 
You know, it sure is. And that's one of the things that was appealing about coming back here, Alfred, was the investment that Marcus Smith and, and Speedway Motorsports and TMS making for fan enhancements and fan amenities. So we were just walking it the other day and in the, the grandstands, there's new seating that will give fans the opportunity to have more leg room. There'll be a drink food rail there. They can store coolers if they brought coolers with them. It's almost what, and you've been out to T-Mobile Arena and other facilities, it's almost a mini suite or mini loge seating that we've created out here. And I think the fans, first and foremost, are going to enjoy that enhancement. You are here in March. The second enhancement is the uh, world's longest bar, which hopefully you had an opportunity to see that, you know, stretches about 10 football fields in length where fans can literally belly up to the bar anywhere in the grandstand throughout that footprint and drink a beverage and, and watch the race. And the third leg of the stool, so to speak, that, you know, we're working on here and we're, we're literally putting the finishing touches on it before race weekend next weekend are the open air bars on the concourse that uh, extend about, say, 7,000 square feet. But I'm looking at it right now out the windows. The beauty of it is, is that we've opened up a line of sight to the track from the concourse through the grandstand. So you can come up to the bars you can literally belly up to the bars, you can drink your beverage, and you can watch the action of the racing on the track while you're doing that from the concourse. And I just think that's a brilliant concept, uh, again, that Marcus and, and Speedway Motorsports have come up with, because what a great fan enhancement to be able to do that on the concourse and get a drink and you don't miss the action. Very, very true. Speaking here with the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber, here on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And a lot going on that race weekend because besides the, the race on Saturday and Sunday, you have the Andes Frozen Custard 300 on September 24th and the Auto Trader Eco Park Automotive 500 on Sunday, uh, September 25th. But the Christopher Bell Micromania is going to be taking place September 21st through the 24th. So you have a lot of great activities event that's going to be leading up to that uh, Sunday race. So, so much going on. And if our listeners are interested in taking in any of these events, uh, where can they go about to get tickets, information, and to purchase their campground sites if they do want to spend a couple of days camping out there at your facility? Yeah, we'd love to have them come and they can go to texasmotorspeedway.com. Uh, again, texasmotorspeedway.com. And we still have packages available. We have sold out of our premium seating, which is great. But we do have some other grandstand seating available for the weekend for uh, playoff packages starting as low as $99 per ticket, which is very, very affordable and is a great value for the fans for two you know, great days of racing and activities. Kids are free on Saturday, and Sunday it's $10 per ticket for them. So it's very affordable for folks to come out here, and we have free parking as well. And also, there's a phone number if you want to call up. It's uh, 817-215-8500 if you want to purchase tickets via the telephone. And for our listeners who have never been to Texas Motor Speedway, what can they expect when they come to the track for that race weekend, sir? Knock on wood. Hopefully, they can expect some great weather. It's a sunny day here in Fort Worth, mid-80s. We're hoping to have the same weather um, for that weekend. The second thing is, is that on Sunday... In keeping with our No Limits Texas-sized experience, 
formula out here is that we're going to have a host of entertainment and activities on Sunday. So Daughtry will be performing a one-hour pre-race concert on Sunday. He's a, a great artist that's out there that, if you might remember, came out of American Idol and really hit the music scene out there. So we've got Daughtry performing. We also have an extensive free fan zone for the fans that will be coming out here that will have food, shopping. It will have uh, tons of entertainment. For example, Alfred will have some Lone Star sideshows that will feature Cirque performers and Rattlesnake show and midget wrestling for fans. We'll also have Trackside Live uh, experience, which is you know featuring drivers and celebrity Q&As. So the fans take that in. And then we also have Barbecue Showdown, the Wild Asphalt Barbecue Showdown on the 23rd and 24th in the infield campground. And that's something new and uh, exciting that we're coming up with. So we're just trying to have a lot of fun and entertainment and activities for the whole family. And I think that when fans come out here, they'll be able to experience that. Well, I'm looking forward to it, sir, and I'm sure a lot of our fans and listeners out there are really looking forward to heading out to Texas Motor Speedway uh, to check out all the action. It all starts on Saturday, September 24th, with the kickoff of the Xfinity Series playoff race with the Andes Frozen Custard 300 and then the Cup playoff race, the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500, which will be on Sunday, September 25th. Once again, to purchase tickets, just head on over to TexasMotorSpeedway.com or give them a call at 817 215 8,500. That is 817-215-8,500. Mr. Faber, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Glad you, uh, glad to have you part of the SMI family, and I'm uh, looking forward to keeping up with you and talking to you again down the road, my friend. You betcha. Thanks so much, Alfred, and come see us soon. This is Kim Coon. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And the IndyCar series has come to an end here in 2022 as they wrap things up at the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. And Will Power, two-time IndyCar champion, hoisted up the trophy as the 2022 IndyCar Series champion. And to recap the season in his own words, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in pit reporter for IndyCar Series coverage on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Kevin Lee! Mr. Lee, thank you so much for taking the time to join us yet again here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. So that's a bit startling, uh, going back to East Coast from West Coast time. <laughs> Sorry. I will be honest there. Yeah. I should have I gave you like a warning or something before that. I, I know yeah, you've been all over yeah. the place traveling. So. We need the low-key version on, Sorry. on these mornings. <laughs> Okay, I will. I'll definitely put that in my notes uh, for the next time you're on the program, <laughs> sir. Uh, once again, friend of the show, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, a, a wrap to another uh, season of IndyCar Series racing for you guys and uh, Will Power, your your champion. A lot of news going on in in IndyCar as we wrap up the season. But before we talk about uh, Will Power, the, your thoughts on the Grand Prix of Monterey as we wrap up the season here, what jumps out at you? What is one for you? One of the highlights of the 2022 season. Oh, the highlights, uh, that's going to involve deeper thought than I have. But if you just want to talk about this race, it was a good race. And it's it's a place where um, passing is difficult. And when Power won the pole and the two closest championship contenders qualified mid-pack, 
Scott Dixon, and at the back, after he spun off and didn't put up a qualifying lap, Joseph Newgarden, uh, we thought and feared the championship might be over and it might be a snoozer, but Newgarden charged from 25th to 2nd and was in play. Uh, the, the tire wear is monstrous there, so that always makes things a little bit interesting. We had passing on track, and then you had Alex Pillow, who was a half a second faster than everybody else, and that kept things somewhat in play. Yes, power was always in charge and control and fairly safe throughout the day, but as long as Newgarden was running up near the front, all it would take is power getting off in the dirt, which is pretty easy to do, or a mechanical or something else like that, and the championship all of a sudden goes away. So it was a good day. We, lo- we love Monterey. Um, it's a good place to finish the season from a sponsor and partner standpoint with so many things to do in the area and in a lot of ways there were a lot of milestones you had power uh, winning another pole passing mario andretti for all-time polls dixon this year passed mario for second on the all-time win list another classic indy 500 uh, with a with an interesting finish, so a lot of good things. Ratings up a little bit. It was a good season. Speaking with uh, Kevin Lee here, pit reporter for uh, IndyCar Series coverage on NBC, as we discuss the wrap up of the 2022 IndyCar Series season. And Will Power, what a talented man this is! His second championship, and this was one of the closest uh, finishes as far as points battle for a season here in quite some time. What was the focus of power and the rest of the guys who are there? Obviously, they want to get the win and get that championship, but how much pressure do you feel are on all these drivers, especially for Chip Ganassi Racing with a couple of guys there who were battling it out there for that uh, championship? What was kind of the attitude of the drivers as they got set for that uh, green flag in, in Monterey? Well, power likes to say that there was no pressure on him and he was really relaxed. He's already won the 500 and a championship, but it, it didn't really seem that way. He looked pretty... <laughs> wound up throughout the weekend uh, but what what's changed from will power over the years and and he's notable because he's gone into the championship with the lead uh four times before this year and three times he didn't come out with the lead now the last time in 2014 he did win the championship but that's something that he's remembered for along with uh being the fastest man ever in indycar now so we kind of wanted to see how he would do and and what he did was what he's done all season not worry about winning uh, just run up front, and he did it this year with only one win. I think this is the first time anyone's won the championship with one win since Tony Stewart did back in the IRL days in 1997. So it was consistency. It was, I think, 12 top four finishes, uh, and others like Newgarden won five times this year. But too many DNFs, too many really bad days, and Power only had, I'd say, one really bad day and only three mediocre days. So that was the focus for him, and he did what he had to do uh, throughout this race. He didn't need to win the race. He just needed to keep it on the track, stay up front, and everybody else knew that they had to push, they had to win the race, and then hope something went wrong for power. So pretty much in control for him throughout the weekend. Well, it looks like possibly another Kyle is interested in racing the Indy 500. In case you hadn't heard, uh, Kyle Busch has signed with Richard Childress Racing, which is now a, a Chevrolet driver. And he was quoted yesterday during his press conference saying, I'll make sure it wasn't the deal. I can go run if I want to run it. And IndyCar teams that are Chevrolet, call me up. Because apparently Joe Gibbs would not allow him to do this while he was with Joe Gibbs Racing. So uh, what do you think about the, the comments there from uh, Kyle Busch about possibly doing what his brother did? which is uh, running the double. So he's been interested. He wanted to do it a few years ago, and you said Joe Gibbs wouldn't allow it. He did go on to say it's not a priority, 
but I wanted to make sure I had the ability to do it in this contract. And that clears things up considerably that he is a Chevy driver now. And Chevy is one of the manufacturers in IndyCar. It was always a little bit difficult, and sometimes that has been an obstacle. Uh, if, for example, it's a GM driver trying to drive a Honda, or it's a Toyota driver, certainly a Honda is not going to be allowed there. Maybe a Chevy would, uh, but now he could simply go to a Chevy team, and that's what he said. Chevy teams, make me an offer. And that starts with, I think, Aero McLaren SP, the McLaren team. They're the ones that probably could say, uh, you don't need to find a sponsor. We'll hire you right now, and we can pay you. So if they want to do that, that could get done in an extra car. Team Penske is the other. They're a Chevy team. Uh, that's a possibility. Ed Carpenter Racing is the other strong Chevy team at the Indianapolis 500. So I wouldn't say it's a guarantee or a lock for next year, but the chances increase significantly. Maybe it takes until 24 to get it done. Maybe Kyle says, unless you really want to pay me a lot of money to do this, I might want to focus on the RCR NASCAR program and the shift to Chevy for next year. But it's one to keep an eye on. And I would put the chances at better than 50-50 that he's in the Indy 500 next year. But but not more like 75 or anything like that. Uh, I think he's going to want to get paid. So it's can somebody make it work financially? Mr. Lee, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. You've given us some great insight and coverage here in the IndyCar season for uh, 2022. If our listeners want to continue following you, keep up with what's going on with you, because you also do a, a podcast as well. Where can they go to get information and follow along with you, my friend? Probably Twitter at Kevin Lee 23 Hey, this is Rutledge Wood from NASCAR on NBC, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We continue on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm very honored and privileged to welcome in our next guest here via the Food Depot hotline, the man behind everything that's going on in the world of motorsports, our NASCAR insider, always joining us every now and then to keep us up to date on what's going on in the latest in NASCAR news and information, ladies and gentlemen, from the Performance Racing Network, among other things that he does to cover motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Alan Cavana. Mr. Cavana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Absolutely. Anytime I hear the best intro in all of radio, uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you taking the time. And, and you've been a very busy man. A lot of NASCAR news and signings and everything like that. In fact, you were at the NASCAR Hall of Fame earlier this week, and you had an opportunity to be there for the Kyle Busch press conference, announcing that he's going to be signing with uh, Richard Childress Racing beginning next year. It seems like it's a multi-year deal with uh, RCR, and now he's going to be racing in Chevrolet's. So uh, you were there yesterday. Tell me what you took away from the uh, Kyle Busch press conference. I mean, it's still a bit surreal, right? I mean, to think that this happened, Kyle Busch, of all people, the one who'd been with his team, the 18 team, Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing for so long, the thought of him moving to another team was almost unthinkable just a few weeks ago. And it's still crazy to think that Kyle Busch is moving on. This is the biggest free agent signing in NASCAR history, undoubtedly. I mean, this is like Tom Brady in his prime suddenly leaving the Patriots as a surprise, right? I mean, that, that's how significant this is in terms of what we've seen in NASCAR history. A, a driver with Kyle Busch's resume, Kyle Busch's pedigree and talent, 
leaving his team that I know he didn't start at Joe Gibbs racing, but he was Joe Gibbs racing. He was the 18 car and next year he won't be a part of that anymore. It's, it's still crazy to think about. And the fact that he landed with Richard Childress racing, of course, that was the one time home and how we all know Dale Earnhardt in his seven championships. And now Kyle Busch joins that historic organization. It, it's so significant and, and such a big move in NASCAR's uh, story. Now, I know for him, he's been answering questions about this basically for most of the season, have to deal with the media, and pretty much every press conference he went to, any opportunity he had to speak to in the media, this was always the question that came up to him. Are you? Are, do you think he's glad now not to have to worry about answering those questions, and now he can just focus? Because this is the thing, too, is that even though he's still driving with Joe Gibbs Racing, he's right now currently in a battle for the championship He's going to be driving next year for not only a different team, but a different manufacturer. So how hard is it for him to try to keep focus and the rest of the team on keeping focus on their goal, which is to win a championship this year? Yeah, and that's where racing separates itself from other sports. If Tom Brady were to move to another team, it would never happen in the middle of a season. They wouldn't announce, hey, next year I'm going to play with someone else. Uh, that happens in racing, right? And we're seeing it with the, in the midst of the playoffs, uh, the most pressure-packed time when Kyle Busch is trying to win a championship. They have to announce that, hey, next year, I'm not going to be with you guys. And so for the next nine, what, eight weeks or so, as they try to run toward a championship, uh, it's going to be a little different. He is competing with his team that and the Joe Gibbs Racing Organization that will no longer have him after the first week of November. So it does seem a little weird. Will the driver's meetings be the same? Will he get the same amount of information and feedback about what his team is doing, what Toyota is doing? We've heard it before in different scenarios where there is sort of an information freeze-out. They're not going to be a detriment. They're not going to hold things back in terms of hurting Kyle Busch and his chances of winning races and winning championships. But if there is some of that insider data, he's not going to get as much as he used to. We've seen that in the past with other similar scenarios. So it will be different. They're going to say, hey, it's not going to affect me whatsoever, but there's no way it can be the same anymore. This is different. Speaking with racing insider Alan Kavan on this week's edition of Sunday Race Week Radio, and not only is he with Richard Childress Racing, but he also has Kyle Busch Motorsports, where he has some teams as well. And this will also affect the Kyle Busch Motorsports team as well, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Kyle Busch uh, owns one of the... Maybe that well, you know, it is the premier truck series team. And if you don't know, that's like the triple A version, double A, you know, as you climb the ladder in NASCAR. Kyle Bush is the owner of the most successful truck series team in NASCAR history. And they use that for developing drivers, a lot of young drivers, and that has a close association with Toyota. Well, Kyle Bush isn't gonna drive a Toyota next year. That means that affects Kyle Bush Motorsports. He says they intend to drive Chevrolet, Chevy Silverado's in the truck series next year. No deal has been signed yet, but the intent is to drive Chevys. Who it really affects are the drivers. Right now, the drivers at Kyle Busch Motorsports are actually signed with Toyota. They are Toyota development drivers. So if Kyle Busch Motorsports is in Chevys, guess who's not going that way? The drivers themselves. So the young drivers like Chandler Smith, Corey Heim, John Hunter Nemechek, there is still some questions about their future and their ladder climb up through the NASCAR ranks because Kyle Busch Motorsports will no longer be an option. Now, he'll be driving the number eight car next year, so this leaves Tyler Reddick in a situation because he's currently the driver in that car, and and that's kind of still from the air. Now, Mr. Childress said that Tyler will still be part of the team next year because he's under contract, so how do you see that situation kind of evening out there? Yeah, that was the interesting part of the press conference this week is that Richard Childress insisted that, Ky that Tyler Reddick will race for the team next year, that they will get a third car. 
But when pressed for details on that, Richard Childress was a little, he didn't want to go into it too much. And this is just my speculation, but how I felt is that that is still unsettled, meaning that if something can be worked out, because the the backstory here is that Tyler Reddick announced that, hey, I'm not leaving the team next year, Richard Childress Racing. I'm going to leave you in 2024. (laughs) So this is a few months ago that Tyler Reddick said, hey, we have to race all of 2023 knowing I won't be here. It kind of put pressure on Richard Childress Racing to say, "Uh, what am I going to do with this lame duck driver? Well, now there's contracts and everything. So at the moment, Richard Childress says, no, Tyler, you're staying here. But I think if some sort of agreement can be worked out with the team that Tyler Reddick signed with for the future, which is 2311 Racing, perhaps something can be worked out there on that front. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. But right now, what they're saying publicly is that RCR will be a three-car team and Tyler Reddick has to stay. Now, Mr. Kavan, if our listeners want to follow along with the latest in uh, racing information news, uh, where can they go to keep up with you, follow you with you, and uh, keep up with what's going on in the world of racing? Best thing to do, follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Alan Kavana, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I'm, I'm a busy guy, <laughs> Alfie, and I, but I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be a little bit of everywhere and covering a little bit of everything, and it, it's, a fun, it's a fun job. Well, we really appreciate it. As always, taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Uh, good luck to you as you cover the rest of racing here in a. 2022. Well, we really appreciate it. As always, taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. Uh, good luck to you as you cover the rest of racing here in uh, 2022. And looking forward to uh, joining you again down the road to keep up with what's going on in the world of racing, my friend. Looking forward to it. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Rose, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. And you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie. As we wrap up this week's edition of Sunday Race Week Radio for you, once again, thanks to our great guests for joining us this week. We had Kevin Lee, pit reporter for NBC's coverage of IndyCar, and then also the brand-new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Mark Faber, and then also Alan Kavana, Racing Insider. We appreciate all those great guests joining us this week here on a Southern Race Week Radio. And if you'd like to go back and listen to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, well, you can do so this upcoming Monday. This edition of the program will be available for you as a podcast at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So you can go back and listen to this week's edition or any of our previous editions of Southern Race Week Radio. All there available for you at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Just go to one of those respective podcast locations. Go to the search. Type in Southern Race Week Radio. You'll find us. And while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast as well. And also check out our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio, or you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And also, we do have an email address. So if you want to send us an email, give us your thoughts about the program, things we should be covering more, maybe things we shouldn't be covering as much of, or, uh, you know, maybe you're an up-and-coming driver and you'd like to get on the program to talk about what's going on in your racing career, feel free to email me 24-7 at srwradio at yahoo.com. Once again, that is srwradio at yahoo.com. And uh, coming up on next week's program, we already got a jam-packed program. Next week, we're going to be speaking with Brandon Hutchinson, the executive vice president and general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Get his thoughts on having a night race in July at AMS and also the return of the uh, March race. And then also we'll have Winston Kelly of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and, uh, and short track driver and great friend of the show, Jake Garcia. That's going to be coming up next week here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. So enjoy your weekend and stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.